Time for the PNC Christian Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Elliot Cannell, alongside the man that's always Pierce and Bears, Ben Pierce. Ben, how are you? I'm good, man. It's been a long day. I swear it's like the day that never ends over here. But uh is that like the is that like the song that never ends? Yes, exactly. It's it's almost it it was almost as physically painful. For this day to crawl, as it was to watch SmackDown and Raw this week. Oh my God! <laughs> so you know, we we discussed this before we went on the air, but let me let me explain how how wonderful my my Canadian cohort truly is. He is jump. He is jumping on the grenade, ladies and gentlemen, and he has agreed to review Raw and SmackDown for you, so that I can actually provide you with the entertaining part of tonight's program. And that is, and that is AEW, which was a fantastic show. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and Mr. Pierce is not telling you the whole truth. He went into Ted DiBiase mode and uh, bought me off. Bought me off. He said, "Everyone has a price. Name yours." Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, well, <laughs> I uh, I uh, Im- I immediately opened up your PayPal and hit the send button. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh boy. All right. So um. We see we get this show on underway here. Uh very very good. And we'll start with um NXT Takeover Portland. <laughs> this pay-per-view uh to me this was one of the one of the top three shows that i can remember in terms of in terms of takeovers now was it was it was there was there a kickoff show because i don't know if there were any matches i know you don't watch kickoff shows i'm just just well i don't i don't know because i don't watch pre-shows I just, I, I just, uh, I thought I saw that idiot Sam Roberts around. God, I hate that guy. That guy is the worst. Well, he, well, did you, well, then, 
No, I knew there was a pre-show where they were talking, but I'm just say, I'm just saying oh. I'm not sure I'm not sure if there uh, if there were any matches on that. But I I did see where uh, Sam Roberts was getting booed out of the building. Sure, I I don't like Sam Roberts. No, I don't even know why he's even part of the WWE. Well, well, this is the same reason Ryan Satin is part of the WWE because he's a fucking shill. I'm sorry, <laughs> did I say that out loud? Ryan Satin, that's a pro wrestling sheet. How do I know that? Because I don't really uh, go to the site. Well, because 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 of the fact that I follow so many wrestlers, because I actually care about this motherfucking business, and I'm not looking to. To, like get something off of them, you know. It, you know, you you always, you always see little things pop up. Oh, Ryan's and such a, you know, eh. and I I can say that because you know free speech out here. I mean, come on. All right, so so I, I hate dirt sheets. Yeah, it's good that we don't we no longer write for one. Yeah, we uh we saw the light on that one. <laughs> All right, so let's take a, let's uh, open this up. The first match, which was NXT North American Champion Keith Lee defending against Dominic Dijakovic. That guy, I'm I'm talking about Keith Lee now. I'll I'll get to Dijakovic in in a second. Okay. Okay. But, but Keith Lee. Is a like he's just a beast of of. Did you did you see? I I had to rewind it to literally I, I rewound the thing to make sure I saw this properly. A three hundred and forty pound man hit a hurricanrana. What? Wow. You get you, I mean you, you know. What the hell? Yeah. I mean, wow. <laughs> I mean, so, uh, I'm on top of that, he hit it properly. Otherwise, Dijakovic would have been dead. But, you know, yeah. it's, just, it's just, I'm like, wow. Um, you know, I, I was. I was really impressed with the mix of athleticism I mean, freakish athleticism on the part of both of them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in terms of the actual, you know, wrestling, um, you know, I just, I love the, the, the storytelling aspect of it. You know, it's, um, it, and NXT, I feel like we stay in all, all the time, but it, it's so, it's so refreshing. It, it restores my faith in, in professional wrestling as an art form. You know, it, it just because all of the other weekly, you know, weekly programs outside of outside of AEW and AEW has gotten much better um, as of late. Um, but like in terms of WWE television, it's just like there's too much predictability and and stupid comedy and like just generic bullshit. That's like you know, oh my god. Do we really have? Do we really have to see that this main event again? We've been seeing this for the last four months. Can we get some? You know, can we get something fresh in here? 
and you know, and I, I thought of a really good example, okay, uh, which which I like to um I like to get into when we actually hit the uh the NXT um review on TV. I'll I'll, I'll bring something up. Okay. Um, but um. Actually, you know what? No, I'll do it. I'll do it when we hit the main event uh, part of this, because it kind of ties in with both of them. But um, in term in terms of the first match, I'm going off. Uh, in, but in terms of the first match, this this was a hell of a banger of an opener. Um, you know, I I don't want to describe it move for move because that's you know I don't think that's necessary and I I certainly can't do it justice by describing it it's just one of those uh, things you have to watch but I, I thoroughly enjoyed myself on that one then in the second match we had our street fight the Kudakai defeating Tegan Knox and uh, Raquel Gonzalez making her debut that was weird now have we seen that, this one before I mean, hold on have we seen her before I I hadn't seen her before. Maybe you have. Um, but you know, in terms of the in terms of the actual like street fight, uh, you know, it's just um, that was really really good. You know, it played off the emotion. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and it made me believe that these two best friends. I mean, you could kind of tell that they were best friends. I mean, you know. I don't, I don't, I don't think they would have gone out there and destroyed each other like this if they weren't. I mean, you could kind of tell that they were having fun, you know. Um, but anyway, um, the, uh, I mean, the physicality is just was an insane uh, in a in a women's match. I mean, this was like whoa. Um, but but the thing that kind of they kind of soured me on it a little bit was when Raquel came in because per- personally I had no idea who she was, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's, and the announcers are doing their job and playing it off like it's a big deal. Well, can someone explain to me, who, you know, who, the, who she is? Because it's very rare when I don't know who somebody is. You know, you know, I've I've been, I've been, well, I've been doing this, you know, wrestling thing as a fan for a long ass time, damn near my entire life. But I, you know, so I, I pride myself on, you know, if I don't know their whole story, at least I've, I, you know, seen a match or heard a tidbit or you know, done something, you know. But I, I had no idea who she was and. Um, and I really would have would have preferred uh, the, the commentators to explain that. Um, and the other the other thing that I that made me absolutely wince in sympathetic pain um, was um, was when she Raquel sent uh, Knox through the through. Well, it should have been through the table, but the table didn't break. Uh-oh. And it was, oh my God, it, it was just like, oh, uh, yeah, you're going to need to ice that. 
it's just um it was go back and watch that spot it looked absolutely freaking brutal and if, if i could back up speaking of freaking brutal if if i could just um you know, reverse your attention momentarily. There was there was a spot in uh, the NXT North American title match where um, Keith Lee kind of like back suplexed um, Dijakovic like into the to, into the announce table, okay. and and his neck hit like right onto the freaking thing. And I, I swear, I swear to God, what is with what is with these people taking taking shots to the neck and the and the and the freaking head, like on purpose when they set up the spot that way? I, it's just kind. It's just. Did we not learn anything from you know Alexa Bliss's concussions or Edge's you know injury? Now, now, granted, I'm not saying that that they want that to happen because that's absolutely not the case but it's just like you know they got they got to be more uh, judicious as to as to when they do this kind of thing because i it just makes me freaking like wince in pain but anyway uh so uh yeah dakota kai versus tegan knox you know perfect beginning and and they played the stipulation really well but the ending got soured on me um and then actually in the next match which was finn valor versus johnny gargano maybe i'm in the minority here and i i don't know if you saw this match did you, did, did you see this match in its entirety no i i didn't get to watch this match okay well, I was I was expecting an absolute barn burner classic, you know, thing because you know here here we are. I mean these these two are like you know the the two finalists in the man pageant for Mister NXT or whatever you want to call it or whatever award that is. Okay. Um, but you know the match just never got out of second gear until the very end. Or out of first gear until the till the uh, very end. It just kind of. It wasn't like it was bad. It wasn't you know. It wasn't like they missed spots or you know did anything particularly wrong or slow or whatever. But it, yeah, it just felt like it dragged on and on. And um, you know, I'm looking at I'm looking at the bottom um, here. And well, clearly this clearly this guy, uh, you know, disagreed um, with what I have to say. Wow. Oh. He's 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 damn near having an orgasm over the over this match. Maybe I missed something. It went for twenty seven minutes and twenty seconds. And I think I think it's gonna have to be one of those matches that I watch again, maybe to, you know, give them another chance uh-huh. because these two performers are fantastic. But you know, judging from my first viewing, uh, it was very good, but it didn't it didn't it, it it didn't turn great for me until the end. Which I, which I guess is what you want in a story, but I was just. 
I was expecting epic, and to me, this was not that. All right, in the next match, it was Rhea Ripley defending her women's championship against Bianca Belair, and in the end, it was um, Charlotte Flair attacking Ripley from behind and announcing that she was she accepts uh, Rhea Ripley's challenge at WrestleMania. I once again, once again, I might be I might be in the minority here, um, you know, but. I don't know if you want to put these three in a WrestleMania program yet. Who's the third? Who, who, who's the third? I say three because I'm suspecting something, and, oh. and I'll, I'll I'll get to that. Okay, all right. Um, because I to me the the the. Victor was going to be obvious because Rhea Ripley just won the title, and, and they are they are pushing this girl to the moon and back. Uh, you know, and and she she definitely has a lot of potential. But for me, out of the out of the two of them, even though they're both great, and I I damn near fall out of my chair in happiness when either one of them comes on my screen. Bianca Belair just has everything that I'm looking for. In a professional wrestler, period. Yep. To me, she is so much more, uh, you know, as uh, like as a wrestler, right? Charlotte Flair. Whatever you think of her booking or whatever, as a pure wrestler, like she is one of the best I've ever seen. Period. Um, as an entertainer, beyond, I'll take Bianca Belair over Charlotte Flair. Mm-hmm. To me, uh, Bianca has, just has the it factor. Um, but I was, you know, I wasn't buying into her winning yet. Um, but um, the reason, the reason why I say I suspect that um, Belair might be involved in the WrestleMania uh, match. Oh, okay. Is the and I don't know whether it was going to be a triple threat or there's going to be some interference involved, but um, on this past week's episode of NXT, um, you know, two of uh, you know two ladies were having a match, and uh, and um, Bianca Belair sl- slid in there um, right in the middle of the match. Didn't didn't touch anybody, but just just kind of. I saw. So I never. I never seen that happen before. <laughs> yeah. So that, I mean, that was really cool. And, and she slid in and she just cut a promo and like, you know, she's here now. So if if I mean, if they're building to, if they're like having Bianca Belair right in the middle of it, and she's kind of taking Rhea Ripley's side over it because like they're NXT now and Charlotte Flair's former NXT, I can definitely see. Um, uh, Bianca Belair having some involvement in WrestleMania and in whatever form that takes, um, that's going to be fun to see. Now, this is just the the pure fan in me. On paper, this match looks awesome for like a WrestleMania situation. Uh, Rhea Ripley um, versus 
um, Charlotte Flair, right? Um, you know, if you, if you take my my expectation that Bianca Belair is going to be involved in it, out of it, let's just go with with what's being advertised right now. Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley. On paper, it looks awesome. I'm, can, but can either one of these ladies afford to take a loss hmm. in that situation? Because... I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see that. I think it's gonna end badly for somebody. Yeah, I think it's, uh, there's gonna be something soon happen. Uh, it's gonna cause a match to be thrown out. But but it's not just that. It's, I th- I think it's gonna derail somebody's momentum. And I'm just I'm not sure if if either one of these two can afford a loss. What do you What do you think about that? I don't know. That's why I said I think uh, something's gonna happen where that's gonna cause maybe I don't know, like a a double count out or uh, the match is thrown out or so we're gonna see interference. Yeah, and then and then um the other thing the other thing that I'm just suspecting, right? Because I've I've heard. And I, I hope to God this isn't true, but I've heard that there are going, there's going to be three elimination chamber matches oh, at no. the, the elimination chamber pay per view. Why? Why? Which I think is absolutely asinine. That's too much. Um, because it really, it really um, takes away from you know, the mystique of the chamber itself. Where are they going to put the third one? I can see the, I can see one at the beginning, one at the end. What, are they going to throw one in the middle? I hope they don't do a back-to-back chamber match. Well, I, well, I think they're going to do one for the, um, for the SmackDown Women's Championship. And, and the reason why I bring that up in, in, while we're reviewing this match is, you know, they only have really like five women in the SmackDown uh, women's division, which to me that's not a division because that division sucks. <laughs> and, you know, and take nothing away from the talent of, of, of those ladies. You say they only have five women on SmackDown? I well, by my count. Wow. Because because you're not you're not really you're not because th- think of it this way right. You really don't have Nikki Cross wrestling too much for for some ungodly reason. I'll never be able to figure that one out. Um, and then you don't have Alexa Bliss wrestling. Mm-hmm. So you you know, I just so I'm expecting some NXT involvement in that thing. Um, but I don't know why we're having them, them. I don't know why we would be having a women's uh, elimination chamber match to begin with. That would make sense in storyline. Well, other than other well, than the fact, hang on. Oh, just let me finish this sentence. Um, other than the fact that WWE has a consistent obsession with having these first time ever scenarios. Um, you know, and I just I don't get it. I I don't I don't see it. But uh what do you what do you have to say? 
I, I thought the, the the one that they announced is that Steve's going to face Becky Lynch. So they're having the, you're saying they're having another one. Steve's going to face the winner of uh, um whoever comes out of uh, this next event. Yeah, on on SmackDown on uh, on SmackDown, I'm hearing that they're gonna have a a number one contenders elimination chamber match. Um, that's terrible. Okay. <laughs> I hope I, I hope to God that's not the case. But um, I've heard it. For, I've, I mean, I've seen it multiple places. So if there's um, if there's five women on the roster, who's gonna be the sixth? <laughs> Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, there's five wrestlers on the roster, and that, that includes Dana Brooke. I mean, I don't know what, what Dana Brooke has done to be a number one contender match, but that's, I mean, nothing against her. I'm just talking about, you know, from what we've seen on TV. So, that, I mean, so the reason I bring that up now is there's got to be some NXT involvement in that, but I just, I don't agree with it. But anyway, um, as you said, uh, post match this this is this is back to uh, Rhea Ripley and uh, Bianca Belair now because uh, we went into that sidebar. Um, so after that match, um, Rhea Ripley uh, hits natural selection or um, uh, Charlotte Flair hits natural selection on. Rhea Ripley and says, you know, I'll see you at Mania. Um, and uh, and there we go on that one. And then and then she slams Bianca into the steps. So um so we're definitely getting that WrestleMania match. Um and then uh, after that we have a, a appearance by the Broserweights. And um Oh my! And, you know the, these these two are these two are great individually, and, and, and I was just I was just gonna ask you what you think about the bruiser weights. And I they're growing on me a little bit, but it's just like when they came out, it was like how much fish could Bobby Fish fry? If Bobby Fish could fry fish, and they and they had on on the fucking t on the fucking t-shirts. That I mean that was a that was an eye roll. Wait wait wait, there's a t-shirt that has that. Yeah yeah, bro, um, the Broserweights both came out. They came out in a golf cart, like a you know yeah, yeah. weird looking golf cart, and they both had shirts on that said, "How much fish can Bobby <laughs> fish fry? Bobby fish could fry fish." Next mm-hmm. week. I expect to see you wearing your brand new "How Much Fish Could Bobby Fish Fry" T-shirt. <laughs> you know, it's like okay. I expect you to see. I expect to see you wear that T-shirt next week. Well, I don't know if it'll come that soon because last time, uh-huh. I, last time I ordered something from. Uh, That's horrible. Who would buy that T-shirt? <laughs> it's just. So that was a little bit of an eye roll. Um, But anyway, um, next up, we actually had the uh, tag team. Hold on. Aren't you going to say who? uh, Oh, wait. Go on. Go ahead. No, no. That was was the segment before the match. This is the actual match. Oh, okay. Before the... Oh, that was the segment. Okay. 
No, it was, it was like it was like uh, the Bruiserweights entrance. I shouldn't say segment, but oh, I, I, thought, just... I thought I thought that was like the actual match. Okay, my bad. Go on. No. Uh, then we had the um, NXT Tag Team Titles on the line. Um, I and I gotta tell you, I right for some reason. I didn't think that the undisputed era was gonna um, was gonna take this. Logically, I knew that there was a possibility, but I just I didn't see it. So I was I was um, shocked by this. But you know, so before before this match, I wasn't sold on the Broser weights as a tag team. That was the point I was bringing up earlier. After this, I have to tell you. Um, I'm sold. Why does Pete Dunn look like he's so he's bored though? He always has that same look on his face. <laughs> well, well, I think I think that I think that Dunn is eventually going to turn on Riddle because they're such polar opposites as characters. Um, that's why, um, that's why it kind of like weirds me out because like. It doesn't seem like they would have that comedic connection, yeah. a lot like a Kane or a Daniel Bryan, where like polar opposites would work. Um, but I, I do expect them to eventually break up with a Pete Dunn heel turn. Um, but for for what for what this for what I was expecting, this match was absolutely fantastic. And see, this is what. You know, I appreciate NXT so much because it delivers on what the main roster just makes me want to pull my hair out because I don't, I, I don't understand what they're doing. Because, like, like, you know, you have tag team wrestling like this, you know, and, 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 and give the Roosevelt's a lot of credit um, because, like, you know, the Undisputed Era was amazing like they always are. I mean, that's a foregone conclusion. Now, uh, did you catch uh, Kyle O'Reilly's uh, tweet? Um, I didn't catch the tweet, but he said something. Didn't he say something about he didn't have a belt for the air guitar? No, he said he didn't uh, care if they lost the titles when you're surrounded by friends like... Uh, like uh, fish and uh, strong and cool. Well, that's that's weird. <laughs> oh, I don't get that tweet because that that devalues the belt. But okay, <laughs> that's that's a little bit of a red flag there. But anyway, Ben, I don't um, care if I don't have the NXT championship. Well, I would. <laughs> that, that, that would tell that would tell me that you, you know, but whatever. I'm sure that was like you know, like an in character thing or whatever. Yeah. But anyway, anyway. Um, next up uh, was uh, Adam Cole versus Tommaso Ciampa, and I'm gonna have to go and kind of um, watch this because I got I got interrupted um, during this match. How do you how do you how do you interrupt uh, Ben when he's uh, watching a pay per view? Oh uh, well, I'll I'll tell you I'll tell you about that off the air. That, that was something interesting, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm gonna have to go. Um, but I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to go back and take a look at this because I I missed this um, almost it's in its entirety. 
Um, so I don't, I don't want to, I don't know one of you looking at the rundown as a smash because I haven't seen it. Um, but I, uh, I, I expected Adam Cole to, to retain. So I, so I'm not surprised with the result, but, uh, I'm surprised by the heel turn, uh, yeah. that, that, that occurred with, uh, yeah. with John, Johnny Gargano. Well, like, like I said, um, you know, turnabout is fair play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all's fair and, and love and, and, or in brotherhood and war, I guess you could say. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, these NXT takeovers never disappoint. Uh, to me, they're, they're the best produced shows WWE puts on um, all year, like all the way around. You know, like, because WrestleMania has, like, the glitz and glamour, but the takeover actually has, like, the substance that keeps me interested as a fan. Um, whereas, like, the last couple of WrestleMania is, like, I always know where I'm going to take my bathroom breaks. Because, like, you can't sit there for eight straight hours and, and deal with it. Like, you know, it's just kind of, <laughs> okay. Um, but, uh, so that's our uh, roundabout NXT TakeOver Portland uh, review. And I apologize for taking my co-host on a detour <laughs> but I uh, just a thought alright so now we're going to get into Monday Night Raw The main, the main focus this week was uh, Seth Rollins' s- sermon. Uh, and it, it never ends, does it? Kill me now. He, Kill he, me. He, Kill he, me. he had that stupid jacket again. Well, I mean, okay, there's, there, there's like an element that I wish we could add to this podcast. We need, we need sound effects queued up to deal with this because to me this was ding dong kill the witch oh my god it's just uh, you know Seth I give him credit Seth Rollins is definitely a more effective heel than than the face you know he plays the he plays the you know the complaining bitching you know uh, heel very very well it's just this Whole thing with the sermon of Seth Rollins and the Monday Night Messiah, you know, it just it makes my eyes roll across the floor, you know, and I I just oh God, continue. All right, so this week, uh, Raw came to us from the Angel of the Winds Arena. That's actually not a not a bad name. I kind of like that name. Well, that that can kind of go along with the sermon of Seth Rollins because it sounds like you know it might be a cult name. All right, so in the opening match for once, Elster Black didn't have a squash match as he defeated Eric Rowan. 
Now, to me, to me, this match was one of only two semi-bright spots on the show. Other than that, now hold on, Ben. Did Eric Rowan have his stupid cage with him? Yes. Oh my God. We have. You know what? We're never. We're never gonna find out what's in that stupid cage. I bet there's nothing in there. I don't care at this point. <laughs> I'm willing to bet you that Vince McMahon has no idea what's in the what's in the cage. Then we had a 24/7 championship triple threat match: Riddick Moss I defeating Mojo Rawley and r Truth. I don't care. <laughs> move, move. I, I know, I know. I cut you off. I'm so sorry. No, no, no go on. That's, that's why. That's why I ran. I rushed through it because I don't care. That's poor podcast etiquette, but who could possibly give a shit? Drew McIntyre defeating MVP in one minute, 11 seconds. I don't care. <laughs> Once again, Raw just continues to waste my time on Monday night. Then we had tag team action with Angel Garza and Bobby Lashley defeating Humberto Carrillo and Rusev. Okay, well, let, me, let, me, let me ask you something. Okay, because I'm not. I'm not even gonna talk about Rusev and Bobby Lashley because that's been that's been beat to death with a with a hammer. But um, what do you think of Humberto Carrillo? Uh, I I'm I, I'm not really a fan of Humberto Carrillo. I think he's. A, I I think the way that they booked him, he's already screwed. You know, I I I I, I, I hate. I, I hate the guy's presentation. He looks and like a Power he, Ranger. I, well, he dressed up as one. I, I think either the, the I think it was like the first week he was on TV. Yeah. He looked like a cross between a Power Ranger and like a you know, freaking. I'm not even gonna say the other part, but I, let's just let's just go with uh, <laughs> you know weird looking Power Ranger. But it it wasn't working for me. And trust me, I'm a I'm a '90s kid. And uh, Power Rangers was my shit, but uh, but Humberto Carrillo gave me nightmares that night and many nights after that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Next, we had Kyrie seeing the film Natalia by Countdown. I don't care, I really don't care. Then Ricochet defeats Carl Anderson. This was a weird match. Yes, and, and they're making Ricochet look so pathetic. I'm, so, I'm, I'm, so, I'm starting to get so over Ricochet. I'm, well, and it has nothing to do with his talent. That's, no, that's it's just a way to example. That's just how he's being booked. It's it's terrible. The, you know, and I'm gonna I'm gonna leave I'm gonna leave this up to up to you to make the final you know creative decision. But you know, I think we have. Um, you know, um, two title cho- two title choices. One being the old catchphrase uh, that we haven't used in a while, and that being WWE. We want explanation. Uh, the other and, one being now luck. Exactly, because and you took the words right out of my mouth. Because now, now that we're starting to do titles on these episodes, we can kind of you know tie them in a little bit. But, um, you know, Monday Night Roll, you know, outside of, of Randy Orton's promo and, um, and uh, Alistair Black, 
I couldn't give two shits. Now, uh, the main event had Team ROH defeating Team WWE. <laughs> I just had to do that. We had the Viking Raiders and Kevin Owens defeating Buddy Murphy and uh, AOP. Okay. Oh, and, and you're, you're right. And I, I, I didn't see this match because I turned it off because I don't... I don't give a damn. Okay. Uh, but um, but one thing that uh, that you will give a damn about is apparently the other the other part of that uh, foursome, Samoa Joe has been injured long term. Oh boy! Because WWE decided to film a commercial in the middle of WrestleMania season in which Samoa Joe was put through a fucking table and hurt his head, and apparently he's going to be out for six months. What? That's what I'm hearing. Wow. I, hope, I hope that's not right, but that's, you know. And so, he, so he's going to miss WrestleMania. Wow. Yeah. You know the biggest payday, the biggest WWE push he's had since since NXT all got messed up because you want to put him through a table on a you know on a goddamn commercial. Now, let, let me say this, okay? If that were to happen in in the ring in the context of a match, then it's unfortunate, but you know you 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 pay that price. Because that's the risk you take when you step in between the ropes, um, you know. And I, I can, I can respect and, and appreciate and have sympathy for that. But when you put, when you put a top town like Samoa Joe in a situation like that, for the sake of a commercial, in the middle of WrestleMania season. And now he's gonna rest, he's gonna miss out on WrestleMania because of that. Are you kidding me? That's terrible. All right, um, let's uh, well, that's it for Monday Night Raw. But let's look at these uh, segments because there were a few segments. The opening one being Randy Orton's promo and um, this was fa- total, this was fantastic. His total destruction of Matt Hardy. Second week in a row. I think I think I think Matt Hardy's officially dead as it relates to WWE television now. I I thought that was the case last week. Um, I mean, he took not one, but I think I believe it was two concertos on the ring steps, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. One was in the ring and one was on the. Oh ring yeah, steps. that's right. The first was in the ring. Then he dragged him to the outside. Yes. Yeah. But I thought he went back to do it yet again on the outside. So. No, he like no he um. He went, he did it twice. The first one was in the ring, dragged him to the outside. Refs were trying to beg him off. And then he did it and yelled. Oh, okay, okay, right, yes. I'm sorry. But yeah, see, this is what I understand. He does this, yeah, he says, I'm sorry. Well, that's just another element of of Randy Orton's character. But I love the fact that we have this version of, of Randy Orton back because you know Randy Orton is one of those is one of those like 
once in a generation, like talent kind of things from a, from an in ring perspective, and I just I feel like um, he's been on autopilot for for a while now, mm-hmm. and uh, to to see him in in this scenario back in his wheelhouse. You know that you know this is this is uh, the 2009 uh, version of Randy Orton. Exactly that, and I, I was I was actually going to bring up you know the the whole uh, feud involving Triple H and um, where he had I, I, I E D or something. Yeah, I don't know what that stands for? Intermin- I still I still remember it to this day. Oh, what, what does it stand for? Intermittent explosive disorder. <laughs> okay. Whereas you know when when someone's at war and they say they stepped on an IED or, or that's how they died and you know um, or got significantly hurt and of course that's that's not a joke that's that's real. Um, oh okay. But um, but like, but what they actually call that is intermittent explosive device. Okay. Is when that happens, so that's what that's what instead of device they switch that out with disorder. Okay. All right. So so um on then uh, we had Becky Lynch's promo where she came out and uh, carrying a bag of money. Yeah, that was uh, that was a little weird. And I think I I saw a couple of singles in in that bag. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe uh, maybe Becky and Seth made a stop on the way to the arena that night. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, let's see. The, oh yes, and of course this uh, episode was highlighted by the sermon, which was interrupted. So we didn't well, really get a sermon, did we? We did, well, uh, thank, we did, we did but thank it ended in God. chaos. Thank God for Kevin Owens interrupting that bullshit. But we, we got a sermon that ended in chaos. Well, I mean, what, what do you expect? Anytime there's a segment like that, a sermon, a wedding, a funeral. I mean, do, do you remember the, the funeral of Big Show's father with, you know, Big Show? Uh, oh, my, uh, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. That, yeah, that was uh, when uh, the boss man was uh, dragging the hearse around, right? Yeah. Oh, that was so terrible. That was... And the picture was on top of the caskets. You know what? Try doing that today. No, you couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's kind of what this re- reminded me of. Like, it, it, just, it, it, was, it was that level of like, ugh. All right, and uh, so I believe that is our review of Monday Night Raw. I'm going to throw it back over to my co-host for AEW Dynamite this week. I thought this was a pretty great show. I enjoyed it. There was not not really any ugly thing, any ugly on this show. Uh, no, absolutely so not. So Ben, is... take it away. Go on. Cause I'm TNT. I'm Dynamite.
listen to how listen to how smooth this this match was or this uh this card was we had one two three four five matches mm -hmm. nice and nice and smooth we had a number one contenders tag team battle royal and i'll tell you what when i first heard the stipulation because i didn't know about this going into it so when i first heard the stipulation my head fell into my hand and i'm like oh my god because all i, all I was thinking was they were going to do the same like wwes thing where it's like you know one member of the tag of the team goes goes out then then the other guy has to leave which i always found so so uh moronic because you know here's a, here's a guy fighting and then all of a sudden the guy gets tossed out and the other guy just has to move so, and get out too um but luckily that didn't that didn't happen they they uh, aew actually has a brain cell um or two and both members of the team have to be eliminated for the team to be finished with the match um, so we had, uh, so this battle royal, uh, featured, sorry, my computer's going, going a little pretty. Okay, here we go. The okay. competitors were the Young Bucks SCU, um, the, the Strong Hearts, um, the Best Friends, the Dark Order, uh, Private Party, um, Butcher and the Blade, uh, Santana and Ortiz, uh, TH2, which is um, Angelico, and uh, Jack Evans, uh, and uh, Jurassic Express. Um, and, um, you know, th this was this was actually a high-quality battle royal. I, um, I really um, enjoyed this one. And see the issue, um, the issue that was flashing through my head, other than the WWEisms, was every other time that AEW has done a um, battle royal have been those casino battle royals um, from uh, from Double or Nothing, and then uh, one other pay per view. I forget which one, but um, and those have turned out to be disasters. So. To have this one go so well, I thought was a, was very very nice. Did you notice uh, who was in the audience? Yeah, it was um, it was um, well, I know wasn't one. I think Raven was in the audience. Yeah, yeah, Raven, yeah. And and then the other the other one that I heard was was there was um, Austin Aries, but I know. Oh. I, 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 I didn't hear about that one. I knew he was uh, backstage, but I didn't know he was in the audience. Well, no, I, I well, I don't know if you. I don't think he was in the audience, but I'm just saying, like, you know, he yeah. was there. But I, I know yeah, Raven was in was in there too. So, um, but yeah, this was awesome. Um, next up, we had Chris Satlander versus uh, Shayna. I love this match. I was torn. I know I, who to go for. Um, well, they're they're both drop dead freaking gorgeous, but I I, I know did. I was torn. Good lord. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I, you know, I, but I gotta say, I, I got a thing for girls with tattoos. Uh, so just because of that, um, I'm gonna have to go with Statlander. Mm -hmm. Um, sorry, <laughs> we, we kind of went fanboy for a minute. Um, and, uh, then we have uh, Nyla Rose coming coming out for an interview with uh, with Tony Schiavone and uh, or Schiavone uh, and all of the other all of the other times that Nyla Rose has come out, I just I roll my eyes because you know I just it has nothing to do with the with the with the transgender thing. Um, it's just, I don't, from what I had seen of her, I just didn't like her in-ring work at all. But however, this promo was absolutely great. No, no, what was great about it? Come on. I, I, I thought, I thought it was really good. Um, ah, okay. I don't know. I, didn't, uh, I didn't like it. Uh, I, I liked uh, when a big swoon Chris Dunn came out. That's about it. Well, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm including everything in the segment. Work with me. Okay, so, all right. Go ahead. So then next up we had um, Don Moxley versus Jeff Cobb, which again, uh, fantastic match. Um, for those that for those that don't know, I think I mentioned uh, this on last week's show. Uh, but Jeff Cobb, aside from being an international star, actually played he actually played um, Matanza Cueto in uh, Lucha Underground. This wasn't a bad match, however. Uh, being Jeff Cobb's debut match, I don't like that uh, he lost this match. Well, I I I I I see what you mean, um, but it it made sense because the inner circle was at ringside, and so so I think John Moxley had to get the win, especially since he got his ass kicked after the fact. I don't. I don't think it would have been good for John Moxley to lose and get his ass kicked uh, this close to the show. Um, and then uh, this is um, uh, this. And then after after the inner circle attacks uh, Moxley, the lights go out. I I hate the lights go out thing. I mean, I haven't been suckered in by the lights out segment since Sandman's return to ECW in '99. Oh wait, what was this lights out again? I forgot this part. I know what you're talking about, but what was it again? Um. So after this, um, the lights went out as uh, as Moxley was getting attacked, and then Darby Allen uh, came out. That's his, right. That's okay. Yes. All on right. his skateboard, and and he used it as a weapon against uh, um, uh, Mox and uh, Jericho, and then yeah, I I um I really like. Darby Allen. Oh, and he is using against Moxley. He uses it against the inner circle. No, that's that, did I say Moxley? I meant yeah. the, the 
I'm sorry. I I met the I met the animal. He used it uh, as a weapon against. No, I I I I know I know the light cell part, but I I just remember the Darby Allen coming out. I didn't know that was a whole the whole uh, thing segment there with the lights going out. But yeah, that was pretty cool. Well, no, no, it, it it was it was the um it was the the just the segment with uh with Darby Allen that was the lights out thing but um, yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed it um and then uh and then we have the tag team titles on all, the uh. The, uh, the AEW Tag Champions, Kenny Omega and Adam Page versus the Lucha Brothers. Uh, and, of course, the champions uh, defeated the Lucha Brothers. Um, I actually thoroughly enjoyed this match. And Come I, on, are we going to eat the heel turn next week? I think, I think, we'll get, I think we're going to get the... Um, the heel turn and revolution. That's what. That's what I think. Who's gonna turn? Uh, Adam Page. When did when did the? How about how is this? What if it was Omega that turned? Well, t- to me, t- to me that would be equally as interesting. Um, but I. Uh, I, I, I do think that they're going with Paige. I think I think they've put too much uh, too much investment in Paige yeah. uh, for it not to be him. Uh, then uh, we had the main of uh, main event. Um, this was amazing. This was this was the final stipulation that uh, Co- Cody had to overcome. In order to get a singles match against MJF at uh, Retribution, and this was fantastic. The cage looked amazing. Um, I so I really liked that, and um, one of the things that had me praising the wrestling gods something so simple. But so wonderful to me uh, was the fact that there was no escape in this situation. Imagine that! (laughs) Competitors can't escape the cage. They had to stay in there and settle their issues. But, but, hold on. I don't like this winning by pinner submission. Well, how well? How else would you win then? No, because when I was growing up, you either escape through the door or over the top of the cage. Well, no, no, but that's what I'm saying. I love the fact that they didn't have that. I love that. That's that's the entire point of a cage match, you know. Yeah, but that was the cage. That was the cage match when I was when I was a kid. Well, and it was the cage match for me. But but that, to me, that little detail never made sense. It, it, I mean, it was entertaining because you got all the you know a lot of the high spots. But um, you know, and the cutting off of the escape. But like to me, the purpose of the cage match is to keep everybody in and everybody out. 
Got everybody under the sun coming out and surrounding the cage. Nobody can get the f down. I, you know, I, I love this. Um, and then, uh, of course, Cody defeated um, Wardlow in 11 minutes and 20 seconds. Now, I have a question. What do you think about Wardlow? Haven't, haven't seen enough of him to... Uh, uh, to render an opinion, this is actually the first, um, okay. the, fir the first time I've ever seen Wardlow in the ring. So, okay. um, I really can't uh, render an opinion. And All right. be fair. So, um, but this was just—I'll tell you what—that ending spot with the with the you know with with the moonsault off the cage. Oh my God. All right. I just wow. <laughs> That's all I can say. Yeah, is, this the, the, yeah. This week was a good show. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Great. Cody, Cody Rhodes is the most over babyface in wrestling right now by a long shot, and it, it, it's it's great. I love it. Um. So uh, with. With that being said, um, we will uh, we will take a break and uh, we'll be right back with our review of uh, SmackDown. I know uh, I know Elio is is so excited he can barely contain himself. <laughs> so um, let's let him catch his breath and then we'll jump right into it right after this. All right, stay tuned. and gentlemen we are back and uh ben you're refreshed yes i had to i had to grab a mountain dew and uh we're we're good to go for the second half I was, all right I was, so i was talking gonna, too much during gonna, the first half we're gonna throw it back to you for our coverage of nxt okay very good Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We are uh, we are going to jump right into our NXT review and then uh, SmackDown. I got overexcited when I uh, when I signed off the last time. Uh, let me go with um, with NXT real quick. So we had um, we we had undisputed error open the show, and they um, they were talking about how. Um, this, despite having lost the um, North American Championship and um, the tag team titles recently, um, that they are still the measuring stick of NXT, and Adam, Adam Cole is the greatest NXT champion of all time. I don't think there's any argument uh, with that particular statement, in my opinion. Um, and then um, 
Then we hear uh, Dream's voice over the, over the speakers. I love this, this effect. Uh, I love this presentation since uh, Dream came back from injury. I think it's so cool. Um, he tells Roddy to, um, to come by himself and prove he's a, he's a man and do it for Marina, um, referring to Roddy's wife, Marina Shafir. Um, and have you, know, have you noticed that um, in, re in recent weeks that uh, Velveteen Dream has had both uh, Marina and his son Troy on his trunks? Yep, that's the same thing Rick Rude was doing when he was feeding with Jake Snake Roberts. I th I think that is that is a tremendous callback. I I love that. You do you remember that feud? Um, I don't I don't um I don't remember that feud. But yeah, there was a 1988. Uh, Rick Rude and Jake Snake were uh, feuding. Um, Rick Rude, uh, Jake Snake Roberts' wife was in the audience on uh, one of the uh, Saturday shows. And uh, Rick Rude, like, you know how he always, like, invites a, a woman into the ring uh, after his matches? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, on this one, he invited Jake's wife into the ring, but she she wouldn't uh, leave her seat. So he went, he exited the ring and uh, went up to talk to her, and uh, she slapped him, and uh, that brought up Jake. And that's where that feud started. Oh, yeah. Um, also, hold on, hold on. Let, me, let me just add one thing. Also, uh, one time, uh, Root had uh, Jake's wife on uh, her picture on his uh, trunks, and Jake just ran in and like ripped the trunks off. <laughs> well, I don't know if you saw that part. Uh, that I, one. Don't, I don't think we'll be seeing that particularly. Um, I'm saying I don't, I don't, see, I don't know if you remember that one. Um, no, I, I'd have to go back and take a look. But oh, I, yeah, I, I, I remember the. Um, I remember the pictures on the tights, though. Yeah. I, I have seen clips of that. Uh, but, yeah, that's why I said it. I think it's a tremendous throwback. Yep. Um, but, um, so, um, I, I really I really enjoyed Roddy's promo work in, in recent weeks. I think, I think that's been a step up for him um, because I think – I think he's like second fiddle to um, to Adam Cole in uh, in um, undisputed air, and sometimes we can forget just just how good uh, Roderick Strong is. And he, I'll tell you what, he is absolutely brilliant. Um, so um, then we had a. Uh, NXT uh, Cruiserweight Championship match as the new champion Jordan Devlin uh, defeated or um, defended against Leo Rush. And, um, you know, I, I really like the fact that this match got the, the proper amount of time to tell a good story. And that, and that is so lacking lately, not in NXT, but just everywhere else. Um, but, I mean, 18 minutes and 35 seconds, I'm good with that. 
and these two definitely uh, maximize their time. Um, you know, we got uh, several of the high flying moves and um, you know some good, uh, some very good technical wrestling. So, if you're if you're looking for uh, you know for uh, an overall uh, mixed bag of very solid uh, professional wrestling uh, in, in in a lot of different styles, um, then this match is definitely one you want to take a look at. Um, after that, we have. Uh, Dakota Kai and Raquel uh, Gonzalez explaining their alliance. Uh, Raquel said she sided with uh, Dakota uh, because Tegan got all the opportunities and uh, pushed her aside, um, which is what happened to Raquel at the performance center. Um, I I really would I really would have preferred them to further explain to me who Raquel is like I don't I don't mind doing research on 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 you know wrestlers and, and figuring out who they are I actually have a lot of fun doing that but from a from just a sensical standpoint um you know I that's something that I would that I would enjoy because you know, we we know WWE can can produce a masterclass at uh, video packages uh, and, and things like that. So just just explain it to me a little bit. Um, so um, after that, Austin Theory tries to get in, uh, but Tommaso Ciampa had other ideas. Uh, Ciampa says, you know, don't mess with him tonight. Um, I'm focused on Goldie, and because he was so laser focused on one thing, he didn't even think of Gargano stabbing him in the back. Uh, Champa loses it and kicks Theory's like just whoops his ass. And then uh, after that, we get a Finn Balor video package. Uh, he says that. Um, that every hyped opponent um, has that has come his way has gone down um, before him. Uh, after that, that was kind of, that was kind of a weird. I personally don't like it when it you have a video package and you say something so basic. What do you think of this uh, this Finn Balor in NXT? I really like it. What do, you, what do you think? Yeah, I like I like this uh, heel Finn, Bal- Finn Balor. I like this one a lot more than uh, the main roster Finn Balor. Oh, absolutely. They, I mean, they were doing nothing with him, which yeah, which t- to me, right? So like, I'm having that reaction now with talent like Aleister Black, uh, Mustafa Ali, um, you know, Cedric Alexander, uh just so many guys and but you know when when Finn was on the main roster just languishing uh, and I'm I'm thinking to myself I I have I had the exact expression on my face that I have right now and I'm just like what in the hell is going on 
So I'm I'm glad that they moved him back to NXT where he can get featured uh, the way he deserves to because clearly Vince McMahon just has no idea. I I just I don't I don't understand it. I don't get it. I ju- I just I could cry. Yeah. You, you see you see because when when fans try to think logically. There is no logic when it comes to the majority of main roster things, and and so so trying to operate a brain cell, um, you know, from all these people in the back must be awfully challenging because they're just missing the boat on so many occasions. Like they they can get one or two things like really right, and like it's so cool, and like okay, we have like a. Um, like a feature, like a like a Randy Orton heel turn or something, and like I'm like this is great, and 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 then they pull something like what they did to Finn Balor and what they've done to like every other NXT call up, and just completely screw them. And I'm sitting there like, what in the hell is wrong with you? So, um. You know, so suffice to say, I'm very happy for this version of Finn Balor. So after that, we have um, uh, the grizzled young veterans, uh, James uh, Drake and Zach Gibson. Um, and I, the grizzled young veterans really um, have really caught my attention. And I I want them to stay in NXT. This is this is one of those acts where I don't want them anywhere near the main roster at all because they will just get uh, what I like to call foobard. Um, yeah. <laughs> foobard. I I know what that means. Just a side note. Um, that is a. Uh, I know what that means. Good. <laughs> That's why I said. By the way, I know what that means. Just that side is note. A, that is a shout out to Royce to five nine. Um, <laughs> you know, I j- you know just stay in NXT, do what you got to do. Yeah, NXT and mind. NXT UK. Stay in NXT, NXT UK. And that's it. Exactly. Um, you know, <laughs> and then I, I found it funny because Gibson got on the mic afterwards and was talking about yanks and neck beards, and you know it was just it was. Um, and then we had um, the Bruiserweights pulling off the um, the Street Profit like entrance uh, through the crowd and and um, hugging people. Matt was hugging people. Um, Wait, he he done hugging people? No, uh, Matt Riddle. Well, no, no, I was gonna say uh, I just can't see Pete Dunne done hugging people though. Right, right, and then um, it, it was funny because Matt's all concerned about the golf cart, <laughs> and uh, you, you know, and Pete's like, "Bro, it got it got impounded last week." <laughs> uh, you know, he goes, he goes, the dusty cop party too hard and it failed the wellness test. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, you know, I I found that funny. 
Um, <clears throat> the actual match um, was uh, was really good. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Warkin and Birch, so anything that has anything to do with them, I'm all for that. Um, and then uh, Keith Lee versus Kona Reeves, of course, that's a squash. Uh, no need to say anything further than that. Uh, Post-match is where it got interesting because uh, Dominic Dijakovic came out making all sorts of excuses as to why he lost at TakeOver and, um, and, to, and uh, Lee invites him to do it again. I don't want them to do it again. Just let just let it go at least for at least for like four or five six months and then if yeah. you want to do it again, uh, you can certainly do that. But it, you, there's no there's no need to do um, this fifty this fifty fifty booking business um, is not necessary. So uh, after that, um, we get a very sloppy. Uh, Four, four minute and 40 second match featuring Chelsea Green and Caden Carter. Um, you know, uh, and this, this this is where um, Bianca came in and cut the promo on on Charlotte Flair. You should actually go back and uh, uh, and watch the video on this one because this promo was great. Like, Bianca Belair's delivery is just masterful. No, I saw, I, I saw this interview. I mean, this sort of promo that she got. Yeah. And then uh, main, main event, I want to go back and uh, take a look at this again. Uh, Velveteen Dream versus Roderick Strong. I expected this to be better. I mean, it was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just, I don't know. It just, it, something wasn't clicking. And so that would be the review for uh, NXT uh, this evening. And, and, and I, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I didn't see the time for the Keith Lee Quinn Reese match. I can't believe that's 10 seconds. That was 10 seconds. Wow. Well, it was like, hello, goodbye. Wow. I usually we get those on a raw or whatever. Because well, that that's okay because because I I like. Um, Keith Lee so much that I'm willing to just bask in his glory and then he can leave. <laughs> oh, you don't like Quinn Reeves? Well, well I, I feel like he's NXT's jobber. And it, it's it's the same with like Aaliyah in the women's division. Oh man, I feel so bad for her. I don't even know why she's, how, how she's even still there. She's been there since 2012, I believe. You know, and it, well, clearly, clearly, uh, clearly, either they really like her, or she's just not developing. One, one of the two. Um, well, they have her paired with Vanessa Bourne, right? Aren't they the uh, yeah. upper up, uppers or whatever? Well, I don't, I don't remember the hires. I don't remember the tag team name, brother, because quite frankly, every time Vanessa Bourne comes out, I am captivated. Yeah, I think they're the hires. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. Okay. <laughs> All right. So that's our review of NXT. We're gonna move on to SmackDown. Uh, SmackDown. Are you ready? 
screw you when you said that. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm really glad I didn't short out my computer just now. I have, uh, a, I have a question for you. What? Why do you hate me? Well, <laughs> <laughs> see, it's—I swear, it's not—it's not a matter of, of hate. I actually really like you, uh, hence why we've uh, done this podcast. No, I'm um, saying you gave me SmackDown. Well, that, but, but, but you asked me a question. I'm going to answer it. Um, I just don't have the patience for this bullshit. You know what I did instead? What? I turned on the uh, the Lincoln Park Meteora CD from uh, 2003. Oh, absolute classic album. Uh, if you don't know, um, if or if you haven't heard that album in a while, I don't know what you're doing with with your life. Um, but uh, but I had that on, and I was uh, I was working on NBA 2K20, uh, which I got for Christmas, and I made the the NBA All Star Weekend Rising Stars game, and that was uh, that was much more entertaining than than SmackDown. This, uh, on Friday evening. <laughs> you know what? You know what? You know what I do when when I when I when I you know that uh, a show is gonna be really crap. Yeah. I put the I, I mute the sound and I just pop in the CD and I play music over the show. That's exactly what I do. Exactly. Yeah. Because like because like I need to. I have an idea of what's going on. Just for, I I can do this podcast, but actually I couldn't do that. Uh, this past Friday because my remote uh, decided to go dead and so and we're, we're having we're having issues getting a new one that can actually function properly so okay. um, I'm operating without my TV right now but luckily I have my uh, I have the TV in the um, in the family room but I, I can't do my usual uh, late night perusing because my parents go to sleep at 7 30 8 o'clock so I can't Uh-oh. I can't watch TV out there why not um, you turn the volume down what's wrong well I, well I know but but we uh, we actually have a very open floor plan and it's it's very easy to hear the TV up there no oh, oh it doesn't matter how low it is uh, the TV can still you can still hear the TV um, well, that's what that's what I've been told. I mean, I've I've, oh. I, I've never. Uh, I think I've only been upstairs uh, like three times in uh, fourteen years that I've lived here. Uh, because you know, stairs and wheelchairs don't mix, brother. <laughs> they just don't. Uh, you know, and um, and I think the last time I was upstairs, I was I was rolling around in agony because I had a kidney stone at the time, so I don't really remember. Uh, but any anyway, um, so I I got to uh, skip SmackDown its in its entirety, and now um, it's your job to uh, to catch you up on all the crap. Well, you don't have to catch me up. But you gotta catch our our viewers up and at least entertain right. them in, in some capacity. All right, here we go. <laughs> Smackdown this week from the 
Gila River Arena in Glendale, Arizona. And of course, we open the show with a moment of bliss. Oh, kill him, kill me now. With the special really? guests. You're gonna you're gonna mess up you're gonna mess up my view of Alexa Bliss. And, and granted, the Bella Twins are very pretty, and and there's been a lot of controversy with their Hall of Fame induction. But I just the, I don't care about the Bella Twins. Like I'm so I'm sorry. I know that makes me sound like a dick. I'm sure they're wonderful people, but as wrestlers, in ring stuff, not. I don't have a problem with the attention they brought to women's wrestling. I actually respect that. Um, but in the ring, I don't care. Uh, Promo-wise, I don't care. Like, why are you why are you blocking my view of Alexa Bliss? All right. So, begin with the uh, moment of bliss and with uh, the guests this week are Ben's favorite tag team in the women's division, the Bella Twins. Oh, God. Uh, then then we go into our first match we have the Usos and the New Day defeating Robert Roode, Dolph Ziggler John Morrison and The Miz just okay okay now I know know you're you're in charge of this review but can I I just uh, make a comment on, on something yeah um, just by you reading the, the participants in that match, one, I already I already know who lost. I don't even have to have to have to know results, and I and I don't. Uh, I already know who lost. Um, that so that's predictable as hell. Uh, I don't care about Miz and Morrison at all. I know that I know they didn't lose um, because of they they have that match at Super Show, uh, Super Showdown, so they can't lose. But but it's just the the very lineup of of that match was just it it, it made me peel my head over to go to sleep on my keyboard. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Now I don't know. Uh, yeah. This man, and then then we had. Now, what what is going on here, Ben? Can you explain to me what a symphony of destruction match is? <laughs> no. I mean, was was Megadeth involved in any way? I I would I would have preferred if Megadeth. I mean, gee, you had Elias know. and Braun Strowman defeating. I w- I, w- I, w- I w- I would have liked to have seen a musical performance by Megadeth at you had, NXT you had, Elias, you had Elias and Braun Strowman defeating Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura, the artists, as they are being referred to on this uh, website. Oh my god in hell. <laughs> Lucifer has risen up against me. <laughs> <laughs> then we had Daniel Bryan defeating Heath Slater again. I don't care. Like why? Well, well, when's when's the last when's the last time previous to this sudden feud that we had seen Heath Slater? I believe we hadn't seen him in over a year. 
Did he, what? Did he take? Did he lose his sandwich and have to come look looking for well, it? Um, ben, you, know. you have to remember, he has kids. Well, yeah, that's that's why he got his ass kicked by Brock Lesnar. I I know, but it's just. Once again, I'm sure it's he's a he's a lovely you know, I'm I'm sure he's a great guy. I I don't I but I don't understand WWE's business practice of holding on to these people. And furthermore, I don't like part of me understands like if you're offered a five year deal for like you know for for like millions of dollars a year, like I part of me can understand taking that for like job security purposes and you got a family and you know clearly he's not the highest paid guy on the roster or whatever, but like, you know, for me personally, like I have to feel some gratification in my job. And if I if I'm just sitting around not doing anything for a year you know, or if I'm not on TV for a year and I'm all I'm doing is house shows, I'm not happy with that. You know what I mean? I, I, I like you know, and it's it, it's all because of this AEW bullshit. I'm not I'm not saying he's Slater, but I'm just I'm just saying like, you know, that's that's the reason why you know WWE is like hoarding all these people right now. Mm-hmm. And why their roster is so stacked, but yet they don't like they don't have room on it on these shows. I mean, cause think about it. You, you got you know you got five, you got five hours of the main roster a week, and then you got two hours of, of NXT on Wednesdays. But even with even with seven hours of television, there's no way you can fit this massive roster. You know everybody on these shows, like you know, you, you just can't. So it's like, what's the point of of wasting money, you know, to hold on to these people simply so that they won't go work for AEW? I mean, what the hell is that? Okay, and then, and then weekly, then, my weekly rant has concluded. Go ahead. I'm sorry. And then in the in the main event, it was. It was Naomi defeating Carmella in a number one contenders match to determine who will face Bailey at the next event that shall not be named. Well, God, God, God bless Naomi. I, 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 I real, I really hope that those women do not get hurt in uh, in Saudi Arabia because I'm tell, I'm telling you. I mean, I'm not gonna go on another Saudi Saudi. Arabia Rams done that times two on this podcast before, but oh god, why? Like why? I don't like. I don't get it. Like hold hold this match for elimination chamber. You know. Yep. You know. It's, now it, it's simple. Now Ben, um, I was reading about this um. Apparently, people are saying they noticed like a glitch uh, during the show, like during the main event, or during I sorry during the Uso match. Um, well, I like I said, I didn't see this, but I I heard that it's it might be a um, 
it might be a, a tease for a new superstar or it might have just been a technical glitch. But I've, I've heard from, uh, or I've read on multiple uh, places um, from people that I, that I trust from as news sources that it, it, it may have been a uh, assumed to debut a superstar in Killer Cross. Mm-hmm. Um, because I've heard that there was a lot of static on that show, on that show, and um, apparently I don't I didn't see this because I'm not really too heavy on Twitter, so I didn't see this video from Killer Cross. But apparently something that he released uh, at the same time had some static involved in it too. So of course if I'm not saying that that's it, but you know. Okay, and uh, so that that's our review of SmackDown, which was a kind of a not a good show. Can <laughs> well, can we just be real for a Big minute? Big surprise! It was a terrible show. I mean, it, I mean, what the hell? Like, I mean, the, the the best thing that I can say about it, without having seen it, and God bless you, sir, for doing the reviews. So I didn't have to. Um. <clears throat> Was you know we didn't we didn't have a main event featuring Baron Corbin, Roman Reigns, Dolph Ziggler, and Robert Roode, but you know we we got that in some variation earlier on in the show. But my God, it is physically painful to watch SmackDown. It, it's like it, it's like, and I I feel I feel the same way about Raw um, sometimes, but a, a lot less now than, than I did like. You know, at the end of like 2019 or like 2018, 2019, that whole period for Raw sucked, I think, from like 2017 to 2019, quite frankly. Um, but at least, uh, at least for Monday Night Raw, I can see that they're slowly trying to make improvements. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm good with that. And there, there were a couple of dark matches uh, following Raw. We had. Mm-hmm. Uh, Raul well, Men- we had Raul Mendoza defeating Joaquin Wild. Tyler Tyler Breeze defeating Samir Singh. There was a oh. there was a no DQ match with only Lorcan and Danny Birch defeating Aria Davari and Brian Hendrick. And what? Roman Reigns defeating Baron Corbin. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> What in the hell is going on? I am so sick of this feud. Uh, I, well, I'm, I'm more than sick of it. I just, I just, I turn it off. I can't, like, I can't, I can't deal with it. I cannot deal with it. What uh, painful torture did you put yourself? Would you put? Would you put, preferred putting yourself through this time? Oh, uh, nails through the eyeballs. Uh, <laughs> wow. Um, you can, um, you could, you could, we could talk, uh, you know, some other things involving electricity. If you, you, you know. Wow. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, that's our review. So Magnus, we will be back to, in a few minutes uh, to uh, fire up the DeLorean and we're going to go back through 
history to a classic pay-per-view from February 23rd, 2000. The Hulk's just hooking up! Hulkamania! Hulk has been busted open! Mr. Man! Behind the lights! of this because I've actually um, I've actually checked it out several times on the WWE network so all right so we'll be back shortly cool <coughs> Ben yeah are you ready to fire up the DeLorean of course my my favorite segments of the week all right, and uh, this week we are going back to February 23rd, 2003 for WWE No Way Out. Now, you had told me this off air that I, or you had told me this during commercial that uh, you saw this a few times on the network. Yes, I, I, I have. Um, uh, I, I actually uh, really, really like this pay per view. It, it tends to uh, it it tends to stick out in my mind because of of Stone Cold Steve Austin defeating Eric Bischoff, mm-hmm. and um and I just I just remember uh, like Jim Ross's emotion and like like how cool that was, um and then um of of course you know this was. This was, you know, a classic uh, time with uh, with the Rock's uh, heel run, you know, ho- the Hollywood Rock. Yeah. Of course, this was him def- uh, defeating Hulk Hogan. So, just, just in my, in my book, uh, that match alone, plus the sheer entertainment value of. A less than five minute match with Stone Cold Steve Austin beating the hell out of Eric Bischoff. Just, I have a special place in my heart for this pay per view for some reason. All right, so let's uh, take a look at this uh, show. We open up with Chris Jericho defeating Chef Hardy. Oh boy. And then in the second uh, match, it was for the WWE World Tag Team Championships. 
The Alliance, Landstrom and William Regal defeating Rob Van Dam and Kane. <laughs> um, you know, I, I actually, I'm always surprised that that, that Lance Storm and, and William Regal picked up the victory here. Um, you know, I I would I would was because I believe this was this was right after um, King lost the mask, right? Or was this like right before? Yeah, no, I believe he lost it around 2002. Wasn't it or two thousand three? Yeah, but wasn't it before? I mean, wasn't it after he lost the mask? Um, yeah, I, I think so. Um, but you know, it just it, it, it wouldn't make sense for for uh, Keen and Rob Van Dam to tag up though because um. All right, All right then, uh, so oh, the third match was for the Cruiserweight Championship. Billy Kidman wins this match as the Cruiserweight Champion. He was defeated by Matt Hardy, who, who became the new Cruiserweight. I don't understand what they were doing at this time, because they have WWE Cruiserweight title in brackets 2001 to 2008. No, and no, it's just... The, they're in. They're indicating like the. the oh, time, I understand. Yeah, the, yeah, I understand. the time period that the cruiserweight title right. was in. Existence. I understand. Yeah. Okay. Now I get it. So, so yeah. All right. Yeah. So it was uh, Matt Hardy defeating Billy Kidman to become the new champion. Then we had the Undertaker defeating the Big Show. Well, of, of course, the Undertaker would defeat the Big Show, um, because like this was. This was right in the middle of, um, you know, the, uh, the, like, big evil, uh, like, but the, the, the face, the, the good guy version of big oh, evil. Oh, okay, all right. Um, but, like, I, I, rem I remember, um, like, right before this, um, I remember the, uh, when uh, Undertaker came back from uh, getting tossed off the stage by the Big Joe, and um, it was his first a SmackDown back, and he's just sitting on the steps, you know, and um, he's just like, we can do this the, the easy way or the hard way, uh, you know, either way you're going to get your ass kicked. And then, like, in, in the um, weeks after that, like, Brother Love was received as, like, a gift, uh, you know, Big Show sends him a puppy, <laughs> that kind of stuff, uh, trying to get out of the match. And, of course, The Undertaker ends up kicking his ass. <laughs> yep. I just thought it was funny. Then we had a three-on-two handicap match. Brock Lesnar and defeated Team Angle. Kurt Angle, Charlie House, and Shelton Benjamin. Right. Uh, uh, once again, um, that certain person that has been deleted from uh, WWE annals. Yeah. Um, I, I always thought that, that uh, Team Angle could have done more because I, I thought that they were really, really, really cool. And then uh, I, I do remember this match. The sixth match had the WWE champion Triple H defeating Scott Steiner. 
Yeah, um, you know that that was a that was a failed run by Scott Steiner in the uh, in WWE right there. I mean the most. I mean, this was this was definitely like a kind of a weird feud. It was like the I call it the steroid feud. Um, I just I don't know. It's those those bodybuilding poses were disgusting, and I was always I was always praying for Stacy Keyboard to come out to divert my attention because I I found the the steroid thing like legitimately disgusting at the, at the time. All right. Then we had Steve Austin defeating Eric Bischoff. I just I marked that was like the most fun four and a half minutes of professional wrestling. And in a reversal of in the main event, it was a role reversal because it was a heel rock defeating a face Hulk Hogan, whereas the year before it was Hulk Hogan who was NWO heel taking on the Rock who was the face at the time. Yeah, and, and I actually, I actually really like the rule reversal. Speaking of rule reversal, that's exactly what we got with uh, Johnny Gargano and uh, Tommaso Ciampa. You know, so yeah, uh, yep. this kind, of, this kind of thing has been around for a long time. Yep. Um, you know, and um, of course, I think that this was Brock's last um, big match before he left for like seven years. Um, to to do the Hollywood thing, mm-hmm. um, but you know, I I didn't have a I when when you get like like those classic payoffs. I don't think the match was classic, but I think like the just the, the interaction between them. Well, you said this is before he left. Uh, wasn't uh, before he left? Wasn't he also feuding with the Hurricane? Or was that after when he came back? Well, that, that was that was like that was like right um like before that because I I want to because this hold on let me, let me check the date on on this thing again because because that one I kind of enjoyed uh, the Rock and the Hurricane <laughs> yeah that was funny yeah so um yeah so um I think. Uh, I think the, I think that this was like two months before Rock left for uh, Hollywood. Okay. Because I I remember his last big thing, uh, being Backlash. All right. With yeah, Logan I remember in April. Backlash shows against Goldberg, right? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. All right, so that is our. Uh, Weekend uh, pro wrestling history. Ben, what do you see we bring this week's show to a close? Very good. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's another edition of the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. I've been your host, Elliot Canella. For the man's always piercing barriers, Ben Pierce. Saying we will talk to you all next week. Ben, say goodbye to the fans. And he's been he's been Elliot Canella, and I've been the guy providing your comic relief. Uh, thanks for putting up with me. I was kind of wound up. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> like I said, long day, long week, but I had a lot of fun doing this. So thanks for listening. All right. So we'll talk to you all next week.